if you're trying to make any kind of meaningful, effective change in your life, well, you have come to the right place because that is what my expert guest and I are here to help you do. Welcome to We're Talking Shift. This is the podcast where all we do is talk shift because when we're stuck and need to rise to a challenge, make a health shift, a relationship or an emotional shift, well, the first thing we have to shift, my friends, is our thinking. That is the antidote to feeling stuck. I'm Lori Bischoff, and I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get busy. Hi, everyone. I am Lori Bischoff. Welcome to the We're Talking Shift podcast, and we are so happy you're here today. I get to have one of my favorite returning guests, Dr. Tommy John, back with us. Hi, Dr. Tommy. Hello. Thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. Again, I think we are on number four now. Four yeah, times. I, gotta, I have to change my letter jacket. You know how letter jackets had bars for like years you were captain or whatever? So I have to, I have to go to my guy and get my jacket altered to uh, show that I'm a four-time four time, four time. Uh, presenter. Yeah. You might want to hold off on that because I have a feeling there's going to be some more. So don't rush over it's there. Just hash marks like prison days or yeah. like better. <laughs> yeah, let's do it that way. But, you know, we always have the best conversations. There's always such valuable stuff that, uh, that you have to share and that we talk about that I know people really get something out of. Um, so I'm really happy you're here today again. Um, and we're going to talk more about mental health today. Probably, it's probably uh, what's up for a lot of people right now, would you yeah. say? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. It seems the conversations I'm having around what's going on today, even before this, we're 100% of us are dealing with some scenario mentally. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's on all our plates. It's everybody. It, it, we all have to address this and, and acknowledge it and then make yeah. it just like exercise, you know? I agree. And, you know, just before we dive too deep into it, yeah. I think it's important that we just clarify for people that when we're talking about mental health, we're not talking about, you know, people that are clinically psychotic. And that's not what mental health is. I mean, that's, that's an aspect of mental health, but mental health really, that's just, we're talking about, right, our emotional, our psychological, our, our social well-being, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Our right. thoughts and feelings and then our perception into everything. I, it, it addresses everything. We have feelings towards everything. So it's interwoven into every aspect of our, of our lives. Right, right. It, it affects how we handle stress and make decisions and everything. So I just wanted to get really clear on that before yeah. we jump into, um, you know, to a serious topic. But I, I mean, mental health issues are nothing new. But of course, um, given what's going on right now, it's like things are escalating. So in, in, in the time of, of, of COVID-19, we have got anxiety and depression and drug use. All of this stuff is skyrocketing. Um, people are getting desperate. And as you and I both know, desperate people do desperate things and they're not always the right things. I uh, just in the last... 12 hours, gentleman's 18-year-old daughter started getting professional help, speaking with a therapist because she's expressing massive loneliness, massive depression with our response to the current pandemic. That's, that's one. 
another girl in Australia. She lives in Tulum, Mexico. She's from the UK, I believe. Tons of friends in London and Australia. Um, I think acquaintances and friends, uh, seven suicides. Seven. I don't know. I, I haven't seen seven movies that had a suicide in it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know how to even gauge that. I, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, I, this is, this is unbelievable. And then it's just timely that we're doing this topic today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was looking at some stats um, that I'm going to read just a couple of days ago. Um, since the COVID lockdown began, Many states have seen a huge rise in opioid overdoses. Um, Americans are taking more anti-anxiety medications and antidepressants. Uh, the anti-anxiety prescriptions rose by 34%. That's insane. Um, antidepressant prescriptions jumped by over 18%. Now that's just on those couple of things. I didn't, right. I didn't right. dig for all the other um, right. you know, crazy stuff that's going on out there, but those are pretty frightening stats right now. And you know, here's the thing, I'm, I'm wondering how many people that are now um, doing you know, telemedicine with their doctors, yeah. so they can't even like take their blood pressure and any no. other stats, right? They're just saying, I'm depressed or I'm anxious, I'm stressed, and they're getting prescriptions. So how many of these people now, once this um, time frame that we're in passes, and at some point it will, right. once it passes, how many of these people are going to be now dependent on that? And you know, what is that, what is that looking like? It's, uh, it's frightening. I know, and that fallout. I, that's why I, I don't think we're looking at, at this the, the appropriate way, regardless of where you sit on what's going on right now, how we're handling it. I, I, I honestly kind of wish it was just a virus, even a man-made lethal, like make the most potent, because what we're going to have to deal with after this to either wean people off certain medications from their fallout or families having to repair after suicides or, or dealing with family loss um, coming out after this like great the virus is gone i don't have a sister and we don't have our business and we don't have you know what i mean like great we survived this the biggest the scariest this is the part that just breaks my heart are we're talking about these words everybody i'm sure is is in their minds picturing an adult going through this but it's it's children that's the biggest component that i that i yeah. think is that's the that's the part that, that really gets me that we need to focus on for sure. Yeah, it's awful. Um, and, and I've known a few, <clears throat> uh, some younger people, yeah. not, not necessarily children personally, although I know that that's a huge problem right now with, with children being afraid out of their minds. But even teenagers, older teenagers, um, just having this hopelessness about, you know, what's happening? What are we doing? And, um, and suicide has come up. Uh, as a topic for a lot of these people. And that's just, it's, it's a big damn deal. And I yeah. remembered your story um, about your brother yeah. and in, you know, there's a lot of uh, connective tissue here with between that and some of the stuff that we're talking about. So I know it's a tough one, but you want to talk about your brother's story? Yeah, absolutely. So he, uh, first of all, when I, when I'm speaking about this person, who's my brother, he, if you could picture, he was my best friend, right? Like, like, so that person, we all have our best friends in our lives. Now throw that it's also your brother. Um, 
So our temperaments, our styles, our tastes, our sense of humors, our personalities, he, he, was, he was a little more gentler and a little steady on the calm meter. He, he rarely went up, um, which I, I, I respected and honored in that. I always looked up to him to that. But um, he started to, we noticed, my mom noticed he was cutting. He had some slashes on his arm, pretty common. Um, we thought we could go get him from Charlotte, North Carolina, bring him out to Chicago to live with my sister and I near us, just a different environment. And that, that's somehow just changing the environment. You'd, you, you'd be fine. He'd be fine. He'd be safe. And right. he how came out. How old was he at this time? What's that? TJ, how old was he at this time? This was like he 10 was years ago, right? Uh, he was 26. Okay. He was 26 years old. And so 25 years old. And so, um, he comes out and then, then came his first, I mean, he, he gets a job. He's hanging out with his family of the side of the family that were really open and really, you know, non-judgmental. And, and it, it's like a, like a real healthy family dynamic. You know, he's starting to see stuff. My sister took him in as a son, really, when she's got her own family. I, I, what my sister did for him was incredible, but um, kind of showed him the ropes on certain things. And then nothing's resolved. You know, there's still the, the underlying factors, just like injuries have underlying factors. Um, you know, all sorts of the ways the body expresses, it needs help. There's, there's reasons it needs help. And we didn't really pay attention to those because we didn't really know what was going on. Right. And so then all of a sudden he disappears one day and we use the, the help of the Chicago bears. My brother-in-law played with the bears. So we use their, their, links to the FBI, some other things, right? We pulled some strings and found him in a hotel in Indiana and he had done sleeping pills and alcohol, a real kind of real benign way to sort of attempt to kill yourself. I know it sounds really grotesque, but um, once that happened, he's now admitted into the ER and now you're in this stream. And, and when the Western medical model of psychiatry takes you into that stream, and you have that label, you're in that label and you're in that stream and he's, you know, whatever it was, manic, depressive, bipolar, like whatever the labels were. Um, he was on lithium, he was on Seroquel, he was on some really crazy antipsychotic uh, medications. And so it was this up and down battle over the next four years of his life trying to manage the meds, which is fairly sort of Russian roulette style. Um, yeah. And I saw, I saw some really great days. I saw some mania, mania days and I saw some real low days. He made four, three more attempts on his life, each one getting more sort of grotesque. If, if, if you want details or whatever, we can go into them. Um, to me, there were, there were nothing because I'd seen, you, you know, you're looking through like the, the source of it. Like if he's covered in mud, I know the soul inside is a clean, really decent. So, you know, so we go into and there's blood and there's some experience and it's like, wait, ah, no, nah, this is all just like almost costume fluff. There he is. There's my brother. All right. He's all right. Um, and he ended up having after the last attempt, which, which doesn't take him because he knows how to, how to really cross over and end his life. If he wanted to, he could take a certain combination of medications that would end him in minutes or mm -hmm. he could, you know, hang yourself or shoot yourself. I mean, it's scary just to talk like this, but I'm, I'm real open. So I apologize if this is, you know, too much for people, but, um, no, I think more it's people good, are, though, because we I, want people to be watching and aware because almost everybody 
knows somebody or knows right. somebody that has right. somebody close to them. And so you want to know what are you watching for? What are the signs? And what are some of the things like we should talk about? Like I've, I've talked about this at dinner tables in public and everybody's kind of like looked at me like, are we really talking about this? It's a human thing that 100% of us are dealing with. 100% of us know somebody who knows somebody or immediately in our home. It's, it's for sure. Or you're going to at some point. Um, he ended up uh, stabilized over the evening. I dropped him off at the ER. And then at 6.30 in the morning, he had a seizure and passed away. And the nurse called me the next day. And um, that was the end of his life. And it was, or, or a leveling up of his life, depending on where you look at it. You know, I, he's definitely somewhere better. Um, but uh, that was, that was trying, to, trying to connect the dots with I'm a real big, I'm not, if I got hit by a, a drunk driver, I'd be like, why did that happen? You, you know what I mean? I try to figure out a way to get better from that. Not like I want to eliminate every drunk driver in the world and we should never No, I want to figure out like what, what is one way I can level up through this? Same with COVID right now, right? How can I get better? So it's trying to tell his story and some of the deeper, deeper details to it to let everybody know they're not alone. And this is just as important as stretching, biking, eating greens, you know, it is yeah. a huge component to what we need to talk about. We need to be open with this. Yeah. So tell me about, um, your conversation with your brother's psychiatrist Yeah. and, and, and how they determine what meds to. So this is prescribe. interesting. So, yeah. um, he, my brother's psychiatrist, when my brother was put under his care, my brother talked about me quite often and, and that in their sessions, you know, and so then doctor, you know, the, the doc was like, I want to think I want to become a client of yours. So I, at the time I was personal training, performance training, rehab. He just, he was fascinated by what my brother was saying. Well, then doc came in and he became one of my longtime clients throughout my brother's therapy. So I was, it was really kind of gnarly. I got to see how my brother's response was. And then I got to kind of pick apart the psyche and the approach of his specialist, of his coach, you know? And I was like, and I'm not an idiot. <laughs> so I can, I can kind of put together the dots. I can connect them. And I got to see some things. So a couple of these alarming conversations. One, uh, the first one, this is, I want everybody to understand this because I just had Dr. Joe Yi, holistic psychiatrist on, he's on Instagram. He's a fantastic guy. And he, he went holistic after med school. He uses none of what he learned in med school in his practice. Zero. And I'm about to do a post where I'm throwing away my three degrees. I'm throwing them away because they're like taxidermy heads. You know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. what does this mean? Like I was, and so I want to, I want to make the point. And, and anyway, he goes, um, doc gave me, I was fascinated by how the brain would respond to certain medications and how they figure out who gets what? Because I'm very, Lori, if you came in, if you produce, if anybody came in, I'm, we're having a discussion. You're going to talk a lot on that first day. I'm going to listen a lot. And then we're going to start to peel away your case. Your is going to be totally different than everybody else's because it has to be. It's the unique dynamic individual that is you. And I need to understand how to deliver it in a way that you can digest, you know, so I was fascinated by the psychiatry component to it. So I asked him and he's like, yeah, I'll give you one of my textbooks. You can, you can research. I'm like, sweet. I got an in to like psychiatric care medication textbooks. He gives me this one textbook 
and it was published by Pfizer. It was published by the pharmaceutical company. And I'm like, wait, what the f- I mean, I just about lost my, sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like, look at this thing and I brought my buddy in on it and Vladimir, he noticed it first. He's like, look at the freaking publisher. That's bullshit. You know, he's, he's Serbian. Yeah, do the accent, do the accent. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> exactly. He's like, wow, this stuff doesn't make any sense. Whatever. You need to throw that shit away. He needs to do work. This fuck, the whole system is. So I throw the book away. Uh, I threw it away because I was so vehemently upset that this is, this is who's under, who's got my brother, you know? And so I'm like, okay, okay, this is their background. This is how he learns. This is what he knows to be truth. And the science is what pharma is controlling in med school and allowing him to believe that that's how he needs to treat people. So now I start going down and start peppering questions. This is like over the course of years, right? One of them being Taylor had an episode and, and what they do is, they have a conversation with you. Based on the conversation, your answers to those questions, then they label you with a best guess, which is all diagnosis or just guesses. It's all, even a test, like a test doesn't mean, you know, you could have high cholesterol, but why is the cholesterol high? You have hypercholesterolemia. Yeah, but what you didn't know is that the person's going through a joint repair, the cholesterol shot up to help heal tissue. You called it hypercholesterolemia. It was a poor guess because all they're doing is just healing from a joint mm-hmm issue you know what i mean so it's all in defense it's all just a guess the body only knows what it knows so that's why we have to be humble and express humility for sure (laughs) i would think so they call him this name they call him the thing and then they just start tossing drugs and it's literally roulette they just spin the wheel and just watch and i watched and i was like how do they know to change you off this taylor how do they know and he's like well we have meetings and they talk about how i feel and then based on that, they adjust it and they do all this stuff. So it really is a wait and see, lob a grenade. Uh-huh. Can we tweak it? And we tweak it. Never is it to get off of it. It's always, we're just going to keep tweaking and tweaking mm-hmm. until you're dead. Literally till we all, I mean, we're all going to die, right? But it's just one of those things. No, for life. You are on it for life. This is, this is what we do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he flat out goes, his doctor goes, Tommy, uh, he was doing a push-up, hold, and I'll never forget it. And he goes, there's no way for us to know how a brain, how an individual brain is going to respond. That's why we have to meet with them so often, and we just keep changing it up. He's like, we don't have any idea, truly, what we're doing when it comes to medications. This is just his doctor who's just like admitting, which I was glad, actually, because if I was doing that, I'd be like, we don't really know, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I couldn't be in that profession, but he finally was just like, no, nah, I mean, we don't, we don't know. We just absolutely don't know. And then one more, the one kicker was we were trying to get him. This was months before his last breath. We tried to research a natural, more holistic that works with, it's the way Dr. Kelly Brogan practices and Dr. Joe Yee where they try to work with your psychiatrist and wean you down off of that and then not having to, because the level of stuff my brother was on flat out, he knew this as his reality. He was going to have to have his kidneys replaced at 30 because of the amount of drugs. Like what, what kind of a life is that? That's not living knowing that that's one of your goals. Like, okay, I kind of don't feel like I want to kill myself or I don't really know what that feeling is. That was just how I expressed it, but I'm gonna have to have an organ transplant what? And I'm 25? I, I don't, 
I don't That's get insane. that life. And the, the last thing, Dr. Uh, the doc, he crapped on in one of our sessions that, that clinic. It was called the Pfeiffer Clinic, actually. And he kind of knocked it down and, and almost belittled it. And I was just like, um, okay. And then a week later, my brother is, I'm driving him. And the last words on this earth that, that I heard my brother say, I'm driving the car. He had tried to hang himself, was be blunt. He had made a bunch of slashes on his arm. He had taken some meds to be inhibited so he could act, act out against soul, you know, against spirit, wanting to save his life. And so I'm driving on the phone, holding his head up and uh, my sister's on the phone and my sister is acting as his mom. She's out of town at the time. And my sister's like, what do we do now? He can't live with us like this. I can't trust him with my daughter. I can't, I don't know what to do. And I, I felt so bad for her at the time. I felt just bad for, ah, it was just a tough one. And she goes, well, what about Pfeiffer Clinic? Cause it's, it's one of those really aggressive, but natural. They take in everything. So I said, Taylor, do you think we should do Pfeiffer? Because clearly this is not working. This was finally my sister's on board. The day before my brother's like, they don't know what the F they're doing. I had kind of known this four years earlier, but I could not express that because I needed everybody to believe in the path that we're doing. And I, I sucked up my principles for, let's just, let's just go with this. We're good. I'm going to love the shit out of you. And my love is going to end up beating this more than natural law. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is still right. part of it. So the last words he goes, he goes, yes. Um, yes, we can do the Pfeiffer clinic. And he's like in and out of consciousness and I'm holding his head up. He's like, but you have to help me with one thing. I'll never, ever forget this. And I'm holding his head. And I was like, what? He goes, you have to help me get doc on board because every time I bring it up, he shits on it. And I know that because my brother is able to be bullied very well. My parents did it to him a little bit. They did it to us, but he has that personality that welcomes bullying. You know what I mean? He, he really can get kind of stomped on. Um, and I know, and doctors are notorious for this. Nurses are notorious for this. They love strong arming you because they know you're scared and you're, you don't know. And it's God-like kind of principle. And it was the last words he said. He said, you have to get doc, doc on board and I confirmed that because I had had that conversation with him before. So it was, that was the last words I heard, uh, you know, seven hours later, he has a seizure, um, which mm -hmm. by the way, three of the medications he's on has major side effects were seizures. The fourth medication was an anti-seizure medication, but it goes down as suicide because he did attempt his life. I, I you know, I don't know if it was successful. He had a seizure. I don't think that was what the plan was. The plan was to hang himself. Didn't work because he hung him from a four or five foot rope. You know what I mean? He's six foot tall. I mean, it's all these like kind of comical, dark yeah. comedy, you know, yeah. the, the Fargo type movie type scenario, you know, like. Right, right. That was it's, it. Yeah. I mean, it's really almost like it, it sounds from the story that you've told about Taylor that it's not so much that Taylor wanted to die. He just no. didn't want to live like that anymore. And it seems like there were a lot of calls for, for help in the only way he could yeah. or knew, but it seems like, would you say the, the medications basically rewired his brain? Well, that, that's what the challenge is. Like that's, I, I will absolutely say, so you have a scenario, you have a certain set of circumstances and your responses to them emotionally and your perception. And, and it doesn't matter. Oh, my mom was crazy. My dad was hostile. It doesn't, 
whatever the scenario is, your response to that here. Now the body's going to express in a way to get you to feel, to try to create a change. When you medicate, you cover over those circumstances and really just keep the person middle. Like you just keep them, they can't go up, they can't go down, but you just keep them middle. And then what happens is that underlying foundation stays cracked and brittle and it's just on sand of a foundation. They just keep piling it on at some point, at some point, 11 years down the road, two months down the road, 20 years down the road, the body finally catches up. Nature keeps score. I've said this. And finally, she goes, hey, I tried to get your attention way before. You covered me. You tried to chemically sedate me. You tried to do all this stuff. I'm thrushing forward because this is the only way I know to get your attention. It's just through these symptoms. I'm, I need your attention. I need you to change. And then all of a sudden, so that's, that's literally what that model is to the point that Kelly Brogan is like, I don't prescribe at all. Like, I just know so much darkness that it's coming from and the science behind it that's lacking and what they hide. I just can't prescribe in a psychiatric manner in the Western model. There is a reason. And it's hard. It's hard to heal. I tell people in here, most of what I'm talking about from soft tissue injury stuff, if we're just dealing with an injury, everything I'm talking about is the emotional mental component to it because it's the hardest thing in the world to break an injury PTSD mentally physically, spiritually, intellectually, we're, and that's why I'm in it with you. I'm right off to the side and right behind you. And I'm, I'll be blunt and I'll be open because I'm healing some stuff too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I got some tough things I'm going through. I'm right there with you, you know, and this is a process that doesn't stop. But when they do that, it's almost like the ankle brace or it's ibuprofen to the joint or it's, you know, PRP or laser or whatever you want to say. It's just dealing with the organ that controls all organs and they're trying to manipulate and control and harness and mold the brain. It's, it's the most quantum thing we know in the universe, right? Like the mm -hmm. human brain. We don't even, we won't know the extent of it because it's constantly evolving. It's like, we're not supposed to know. <laughs> well, yeah. And if you really want to go down that, that do it. place for a bit, I mean, then you think, okay, but what, what's controlling the brain? I mean, because then you have your mind. And right. the mind isn't the brain, <laughs> right? So, and, and that's just something that is, it's like infinite, right? Oh, and they're just, they're just starting to get all, all kinds of amazing, you know, feedback yeah. that we can actually read and data talking about the powers of the mind and, and how that controls the brain and how, you know, your body responds to that. So, I know you're a big fan of, of, of Dr. Joe Dispenza too. And oh, yeah. you know, the, the whole placebo effect and yeah. all of that stuff. So um, we'll save that. Cause that's like another hour of awesome discussions. <laughs> but, this is par for the course for you and I though, right? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Okay. But here's what I want to ask about though too. Um, yeah. uh, you said something when I was listening to your story, and one of you uh, about Taylor on your podcast a while back. Uh, and you said commercials are diagnosing the human experience. Let's talk yeah. about that. What do you mean by that? Everything we go through, everybody listening, you and I, the people we haven't even interacted with, people we don't even know. It's all about the experience. It's all about experiencing something and then you feel something with that experience. 
You learn from that experience. You, you are constantly pulling in all this information because the brain is kind of dumb, but it's really smart in that it doesn't know. It only knows what, what it's getting from these receptors from the body. It needs information to then make this, these changes or these adjustments to save itself or really what's carrying it, with is, which is like our body, right? Our meat suit. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's one of those things that all that information that your brain knows like, hey, that feeling on your leg, that was a spider last time. It might be a spider this time. Quickly move your right hand to swipe right on your leg where that is. Hey, those rocks are this distance apart. Remember the last time you tried to jump on that rock and you fell into the water? That was that. It's accessing that memory. It's accessing. And you either make that choice of, I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to try harder this time or whatever it is. But this constant thing of feeling your, your life, like feeling what it's like to eat food that's good for you, feeling what it's like to eat food that's maybe not so ideal, but feeling those things. Feeling what it's like to move, feeling what it's like not to move, to sit for an extended period of time, feeling what it's like to be in love, feeling what it's like to have your heart just ripped, like broken, feeling what it's okay. The industry, the medical industry, the health industry, the medicine, big pharma, allopathic medicine, they literally have you feeling, well, buying into that everything you're feeling in the human experience is a pathology there's something wrong with you. Do you know what I mean? That it's, and pathology is like something's wrong. There's disease scenario. Wait a second. To the point, Lori, I've, I've said this too. Did you have growing pains? Mm-hmm. Me Not too. Not many because I'm short, but I did have a few. <laughs> <laughs> I only made it to 5'3", so my growing pains were minimal. GJ. You did go through that, right? Like I'm like 5'11". I say six feet. I was six feet media guide, but I'm 5'11 and like a fraction. But my knees hurt during this period of time in my life. Okay, yeah. We had, you know, bones are growing and the muscle attachments are pulling and the body's trying to figure itself out. And it's, it's sending feedback and letting you feel these joints grow. They call it a disease now. It's a growing disease. Wait a second. And then a disease pathology or a disease in that model, you can code for it because you name it. So the insurance model, you can you code for it. There's a treatment plan that you'll get reimbursed if you carry it out. So a growing ibuprofen, drugs, you know, some sort of a salve, some sort of an injection, some sort of a, and it's like, wait a second. They literally have us thinking that every single thing we're going through is something odd something that only you are either unlucky or genetically predisposed to go through. It's not part, it's not healthy. It's not natural that you need to be managed and maintained because their goal, the big pharma, big medicine, their goal is to medicate as young as possible. And now they got people in the womb, ideas of in the womb, injecting with pre uh, pre-cholesterol medications because mom and dad are high cholesterol and just, we don't want baby to, they're literally trying to sell that. And it's like, my God, oh my God. Yeah, it's um, people are really buying into the idea that there's no reason to ever be uncomfortable. There's no yeah. reason to ever be emotionally uncomfortable or a little mentally uncomfortable or a little 
um, restless or oh, yeah. yeah, or or in any sort of pain. So when when people are feeling you know distress in any way, shape, or form, rather than figuring out what's the cause of it, or maybe they know what the cause of it. Okay, sure. I know what the cause is. So now, what are some healthy ways that I can manage this or relieve myself of this? But everybody is buying into. Oh no, you don't have to be uncomfortable. You don't have to do that by yourself. I've got a pill for you and, and it begins. That's why I literally try to speak out. Some people are like, TJ, I've never seen anybody love their life as much as you. There was a 19 year old kid in my office, receiver from USC. He's really like, I don't think anybody loves their life as much as TJ. I'm like, maybe I'm just more in your face about it. And maybe I'm just like super public, but I'm also public about the times where I'm dark. And everyone's like, you're depressed too? Hell yes. Every single day I go through something. I have some feeling of angst and anxiety and hopelessness. And oh, because I'm a human being feeling my experiences in this life. Now, what they show me is, huh, instead of me, if I were to say this, like, yeah, I'm depressed. Somebody's like, you should take something for that. Shouldn't be depressed. Oh, wait, no. What I'll do is, why am I feeling like this? I'm hurting for human race right now. Like I'm hurting at what's my role. I'm tired of fighting this stupid fight right now. Like I'm, I'm exhausted. No, it's just checking us because then the struggle is nature's way of strengthening. And it's more than just like tissue strength, right? It's like preparing you for more severe things later that I'm literally looking like what's coming later because it's pretty tough. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. You're preparing me. Okay. And then I come through and it's not always timely. Like I'll be in my office. I'm not always, but I, I make it a part of the whole, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, I was totally depressed this morning. And clients are like, what you? Yeah. I woke up and was really, really sad for everybody. Like I'm sad for children. Now I'm sad for America. I'm sad for the world. What you do? I went and meditated. I made my coffee. I I visualized what my action plan is going to be and what I'm going to do to try to, and I didn't try to hide it or try to think that something was wrong with me. But what could I do to get better? Part of it was sharing it with 11 people in the room. And then all of them, varying ages, are like, hmm. okay, it's actually kind of cool to be depressed. <laughs> well, yeah. But it's kind of like one of those things. Well, it's not, yeah. yeah, it's normal to have. But I mean, nobody in their right mind, no emotionally stable, relatively emotionally stable person is giddy. 24 seven for Thumbs their off. entire life. I mean, that's just not normal. We're not built to be like that. We can't maintain any one particular state no. endlessly like that. Uh, so, you no, know, you're right though. And to your point though, you, you felt it. Um, you were not secretive about it. Uh, you were no. honest about it. And, and so that fosters what, like, you know, understanding and connection and, you know, and then, um, and then you did something healthy though, to try to just get a little bit less of that and see if you can change your state in a way that, and, and that's what I do too. I, I today I woke up, I usually wake up and I feel amazing all the time, but there are days where I woke up and I'm like, I don't feel that amazing today. And God, I've got Dr. Tommy John on in a few hours. I can't, I can't be in this state of mind. That's, that's not cool. So I, uh, (laughs) I love you sharing this. I love this. 
yeah, it doesn't happen often. I'm pretty, I'm pretty stable, but yeah, I'm human too. So every now and then, you know, you get a little wobbly for sometimes you don't even know why it's just, I don't know. Maybe I had a dream. I forgot that, you know, I was pissed off in my dream. I don't know, (laughs) but, but you know, I worked out. I, I had my fat coffee, I worked out, which automatically shifts everything right. for me instantly. Within right. five minutes, I'm feeling better. And then five more minutes, I'm feeling even more better. Yeah. And by the time I'm done with a short workout and having a great you know, protein smoothie, I feel right as rain again. Right. I didn't have to pop a pill. I didn't have to, you know, go. I didn't have to do it. And it's and I'm not saying that sometimes those things aren't necessary. I know there right. are times where, thank God, we have that oh, yeah. that option. Um, but it seems like, yeah, it can't be the automatic go-to all the time for every little discomfort that everyone is having. So what do we do now? So what I know that we've talked uh, in the past about your eight essentials for health. And so, you know, we can go through those again real quick, just as a reminder, but let's, let's give people, um, yeah, a few things like maybe there's something else based that's more connected to what we're talking about today. You know, what do we, how do we support um, when we see somebody that we know is teetering on the brink of personal disaster I think I think that's one of the first things is just being super open and vulnerable. And I, I've seen loads lifted just by me asking a question to some people, them talking, and I didn't say a damn word. I didn't offer up any advice. I didn't. I just listened, and they were like, "Huh." And it's I. There's something about talking that that's why a psychiatrist like the joke. If you lay on the couch and you talk, my psychiatrist is a cat is this, is all my clients, is everybody on the road who wants to listen to me? Like, hey, TJ, how you doing? Mm. And I'll be honest, I'm having this. So one, have those dialogues, have those, con- those conversations. Two, realize that everything's a clue. Like the body is so intelligent that whatever is being felt or, or expressed, those are all clues. Those are all like part of the map of the uber intelligence that is us, and it's telling us kind of where we need to go, what we need to do. Um, And then we bring in the eight essentials. One, it's the belief in something greater than yourself. I think that's so huge because then you have this idea that there is something taking care of you. Like like it's got you and it wants to work with you and it's taking care of things you you can't even be conscious of because you would just be so overwhelmed and you just pass out. Um, Have a purpose, that's number two. And it could be small, medium, and large. Sometimes it could literally be what you just said. Got out of bed, made some coffee with some good fat in it, moved a little bit. You could call it a day. And for some people, bam. Or for one of us, that's a day. That's a successful day. Three, your relationships. Trying to figure out who's the ones that are supporting your belief in something and your purpose. And then who are the ones that are there to put a mirror in front of your face that are, it's uncomfortable but the ones that aren't, you kind of, because you only have so much energy to go in. So we have to kind of limit that. Um, for yeah, sleep be, be and that. selective. Be selective. Right? The company even, you keep. Even with family, right? You and I have talked about that. Because I feel like people are like, well, it's my family. They get a hall pass. And it's like, uh, not really. Like, hold on. <laughs> you know, and we've, we've chatted about that. And I, you're passionate about it. I'm passionate about it as well. Um, yeah. Number four, sleep and naps. This very, very crucial. 
Number five, breath, meditation, and prayer. Some sort of time that you spend on those during the day. Number six, natural light. Well, even if it's cloudy, the sun's above the clouds, like just get your skin, eyes, everything exposed to natural light on the opposite side of the window. Um, number seven, nourishment from real food, homemade meals as much as possible. Um, number eight, body movement. So with all that, it's, it's our perception and feelings behind those things where most people's focus today, as I see coming in my office or people I talk to, they have some sort of a diet and they have a training exercise plan, but they really don't like the diet because it's real restrictive and not even sustainable. It's real hard to keep up. So their emotions attached to that are sort of negative. And then the workout, it's really grueling. I have to hire a trainer to like yell at me. And, and it's just this, I don't know if I can keep this up. It's just not a, a, a positive relationship to motion and movement. And so it's one of those things that not just that, but our feelings towards everything. How do you feel about breath? How do you feel about sleep? How do you feel about your relationship? How do you feel about your purpose? How do you feel about that which is bigger than us? How do you feel about your food you're making and, and outside? Mm -hmm. That's going to be more profound, greater. So take that inventory of those eight. Focus on the feeling portions of those. Focus on not the check the box, not the... What are the items that I need to check off to be a healthy person? Because it's rare that the check the box gets you to that point. We just check all eight. Why am I not better? Why am I not a superstar? Why am I not happy? Why am I not wealthy? Why am I, whatever the value system is. And that, that leads me to this next portion here. Um, moving forward with all of this, I, I find I talked to nurse Rita Rogers about this and we said like, what's the action plan moving forward with the pandemic going on, but what's the action plan moving forward, which it's really the mental side of this whole thing. Cause that's really what's going to be coming. The, the plan they have to really try to pitch their, their solution, their cure. It's going to be this marketing scheme to attack us and try to embarrass us, try to see if we're brave, try to see if we'll save great. It's all these, these mental they're, they're coming at us. It's a psychological operation more than anything. So I think our mental health is the greatest thing. But moving forward, we have to understand what we value, what we believe in, and like what we need and where all those are intermixed. Because I, I know you can write a list. I know I can make a list right now. What am I willing to sacrifice for what I believe and value? I know, I know for damn certain I will give up my license. I'll give up income. I'll give up where I'm located. I'll, I can reduce down a whole lot to fight for what I believe in, what I value, and what do I need? What do I need really? It varies person to person. It isn't to be judged. But with all that, now all of a sudden we're having those conversations about stuff. There's healing going on on so many levels, even if a 10-year-old can still figure out what the eight essentials are. A 10-year-old can see what values and what beliefs are. There's six-year-olds having conversations. I, I tend to kind of gravitate towards the 10, 11, 12, nine-year-old with what they desire and value. And I'm like, right? Yes. Because I, I feel like I'm operating kind of like on that level um, psychologically. And just uh, I try to keep things as, as simple as I can since Taylor's death, for sure. My perspective mm -hmm. on life has, has definitely gotten um, simplified. And in that comes this release. But I feel like that's moving forward. What do we value? What do we believe in? What do we need? 
What are we willing to sacrifice to keep those? And then how can we all together as this community address our eight essentials, which are, are individualized to us. And then here's the big thing. And I, I came to tears yesterday because I've connected how I've leveled up through this whole thing. I've connected with people in industries on social media that I might not have I might have later, right? But it's got thrust. Now we're all looking like, who's all like-minded? Who's all, and we're all in these like little circles now. And I'm like, wait, I'm talking to Kelly Brogan. I'm talking to, I've read, this is, oh my gosh, this is so bananas. But we're all in, we're all here together. And that's, right. they're trying to make us feel alone and separated and distance and isolated, you know? And yeah. That's the big thing. So. Yeah, yeah. And we've talked about that before too, the dangers yeah. of, yeah. of, isolating. Um, it is definitely a tactic. Uh, so yeah, beware. I mean, really critical thinking, comparing, um, just really using your brain and thinking about things and looking at this from all angles and looking at, um, you know, who has the most to gain from what's being pushed and really question it. That's just, you know, whatever, however you feel about it, at least just look at that and really question it. And, right. and that, you know, and that leads back to even what we were just talking about, though, um, with, with people and um, prescription medications and, yeah. well, you know, everything that's altering um, your state of being and everything that you are doing to try to get yourself out of a, a place of emotional pain and discomfort into a place of, of feeling like you're okay. Just, God, you got to be so careful about what you're doing because it's really tricky and it can literally just hijack your brain. Yeah. And that's where I, I try to say that Everybody I've talked to or everyone, even Joe says this, Dr. Joe Dispenza, right? It's, it's one of those things like anything that's been labeled or anything that they've said, any disease that they've come up with has been healed in somebody, somewhere. Some, so it, it, everybody's on the same kind of playing field. We all have the same palette and we're trying to paint this thing. We all have like the infinite number of colors. We all have access to that, you, you know, and then when you, go into that, man, this is overwhelming. They've called it. I don't even know what the name is. It's really just what you said you were feeling, but they said it in Latin and it's just the name, right? <laughs> but it feels so overwhelming. I know that's part. It, it's okay. You're not alone. And again, when you start talking, Hey, I got that too. Hey, I'm not, Hey, we should do. And now here's the community component to it, right? That social connection to it. I had DMS, uh, I posted a quote from a girl who weaned herself off of psychiatric meds with the help of her doctor, just really got just done with it, just finished. So she's going through some down, her downtimes. There's some demons coming out, man. And she's bl blunt and vocal. And she's like, not a good day. She was one. She said, yeah, I had a successful day. I got out of bed. I walked barefoot in the grass. I did a lunge and I got back into bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, hell yes. That's like success to the max. You were on six medications for six years. Holy cow. That is such a huge step. You haven't been on anything. Like, and so we've shared, I'll share some of her quotes. I ask her because she's, she's brilliant writer and, and a, her mind is just amazing. And I, I said, do you mind if I say this? 
she, I posted her and she, she's fantastic. She said something like, it's gotten to the point to where it's only the people who are part redneck or part hippie. Those are the ones I trust now. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and I was just like, that's fantastic because it really is, you know? And so I asked if I could post that. She's like, yeah. And she sent me a message and was just like, you know what? You posting things that I've kind of protected because I was always scared to come out and share and be vulnerable. But you asking me one and I say, and then you doing it on your platform, it's totally opening this thing for me, which again, has nothing to do with like platforms and all. All I did, we, she, it's just opened. You just opened it up. That, that was what I think I looked at that. I'm like, wow, all we did was she used me as a vessel kind of, I, I, but she just shared what was sitting inside. I think that's literally step one, why it happens with conversations on psychiatric table, uh, uh, couches. Talk about it. Talk about it. Just yeah. connect with those that'll look at you and understand. Aha. You might lose a lot of people along the way. I've lost a lot of, I've lost a lot of followers. I've lost a lot of people, but they just weren't seeing things the way you and I are. And it's, I've gained so many that are so right for me at this moment in my life. I'm like, God, this is amazing. I just wish it was under different circumstances, right? Like I, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Um, is, is what it is. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, from all of the, from all of the chaos, right? New, new stuff shows yeah, up, new sure. things are born and totally. ultimately it's, uh, it's just our way to um, adapt and keep moving forward and like attracts like. I love that word you said to adapt. That was, mm-hmm. that's huge, right? Like that's our job. It, it, like our body's deal is like try to adapt to the environment. What's going on right now? I don't know, but it's going to try to adapt. Let's help it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's the most important thing that you want people to take away from Taylor's story? Oh, God. I, I, and I'm repeating myself because it happened to me. I was a binge drinker. <laughs> I had to get to the bar first and leave, last to leave. I, I was like, excesses on everything. Oh, it was the great, like it was the stuff I valued. Money. How much money can I make? How many lessons can I do? How much can I save? What could I buy? How many black leather jackets could I have? Every variation. How much can I, it was all this stuff. He passes away. My carpet's ripped out from under me. I'm sitting here assessing in my life how I'm, what am I going to do to honor him? He's not gone. And he's showing me little clues here. And it's just like, dude, what do you, what do you value in this life? I went to chiropractic school two weeks later and I'm literally looking around like what is important to me in this life? And as soon as I, as soon as I realized what that was clarity, I shut, I closed, I gave rise to just so many different things that were allowed to come forward because I was kind of holding them back for the, the frivolous material carnal, you know what I mean? The stuff that the, kind of the, the whole, we all chase, we try to sure. fill up that pit and it's just, it's bottomless. So I, it comes down to really like, what do you value? What do you believe in? I could write a thousand different things that I believe in and really appreciate right now. And it could be simple to complex that has increased. So Taylor's story is one of those things 
Find what's important in your life. Really get intimate with what you truly believe to be important and of value to you. Make sure that if you do take an inventory of those eight essentials, they're going back like they, they're congruent with that. Like they make sense to that, those, those things. And then what ends up happening is if a pandemic comes along, planned or not, if a slip up of some kind comes, if a divorce or if a relationship fail or if a, a ticket or your license is revoked or some these things that, that are like big deals in our lives or, or so we, we make big deals, right? You, you're sitting there and you can calmly assess because if you're afraid or you're panicked, you never make good decisions because the emotions shut down critical, right? Like that thought. So it's just like you're sitting here and you're just like, oh, hmm, what can I do here to assess? Okay. And then you learn how to learn from that moment and move forward and move on. And that's what I think was the biggest thing. Um, and I now, and I, I do sound like I'm on drugs, Salvador Dali, like I don't, I don't do drugs, I am drugs. Um, but I will literally, and this is where that kid Chris in the office, he's like, I've never seen somebody like love their life as much as you. I'm like, I think I'm just really expressive about stuff that I'm like, holy crap, did you see that? I filmed uh, ladybugs on the plant the other day. I was like, this little one, it just, the things I notice now, the simplicities of, of life that just baffle me, that totally, totally make me feel an inch tall, but also a part of this like massive, massive, you know, conduit to the ether that is just like life mm -hmm. and, and us winning the lottery of life. That's, that's it. Like as grateful as I am for the simples and, and it could be breaking bread talking to you going and I'm going to see a sunset and I'm going to, you know what I mean? And I love my bed. I love like salt lamps and I love like a neighbor and I love my neighbor's cat. Uh, it's just like, it doesn't stop the clippers on the back of the neck. I got to get a haircut and I'm actually kind of stoked because the clippers on the neck, it, it's like one of the highlights. <laughs> of, it's unbelievable. It really it's, is I, the simple things. It, it totally is. And then you, there's just a gajillion of them. And when a couple of them aren't present, there's so much more that you see, you know, and there's just so much more. My appreciation for life is sick right now. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much more I have, right? We're not guaranteed another breath. I'm good. I don't want any, I don't want to leave right now, but I'm good. I, I'm good. I've, I think I've left my mark. I've, I've helped some people. I think I made this world a little better than what it was when I came in. I think like hopefully, and that's mm -hmm. it. I just, I think that allows us to live at the highest level, not try to live the longest life, but the highest level as much as we can, doing as much good as we can be. Do. Yeah. And, and one of the key things, you said a lot of key things that were amazing, um, <laughs> but like driving home that point though about really getting deeply, intimately acquainted with what you truly value, oh. what is super, what do you cannot, what can't you live without? Yeah. That's that you really have to get very, very familiar with that and really develop a relationship with the, those things, the val, those things that you value. Intimately. And Lori, isn't it like when you do have that and there's like clarity in that people are like, Oh, it must be exhaustive to live like you. Why you say, Cause you do so many things throughout your day that you have like this habits and, and like you're like military. And I'm like, I don't think twice about it. It's all around the things I value and believe in. So it's just, there's no other alternative. There's no, like, I don't have another choice because it's just the decisions that I'm making towards that. Like, yeah, that's my, 
you can't yeah. knock me off this, you know, and that's yeah. infectious, right? It, it is. It is. And when you're doing those things, those are the things that light you up. Oh. Those are the things that um, make you feel you know, happy and joyful and peaceful or excited or rising to a challenge or, you know, any, they, they light you up in some way. So it doesn't take really any discipline. It doesn't take work. It's just, that's the state of being that feels really good. So you <laughs> right. want to be in that state as much as you can. It's not hard when it becomes, when it's so natural. Right. That's the thing. I, I this is just how it is. Like, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to, no, I'm going to do this. Oh, I bet you there's, there's just no, it's like beam. I fall off beam. Maybe I'm back on beam. Like I'm just, this is it. The path is there stone. Okay. The stone doesn't make me change direction. I just go over it, around it or under it, but I'm, I'm going that way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. All right, my friend, uh, remind everyone where they can find out more about you, your website and all the good stuff. So my website is drtommyjohn.com, drtommyjohn.com. Um, and then through there, you'll see all my social media outlets, it, very active in Instagram, um, Facebook, and then Twitter as well. Um, I do have a YouTube channel with some how-to kind of training videos. I'm going to start putting more movement stuff on there. Um, but yeah, and another thing, if anybody has any questions or um, concerns, or you just want to bump something off of me or, or share something with me. My, uh, I do respond. Like I do look at those, I send me a DM, tell me what's up, whatever. And I'll get back to you. Um, I know that there's a lot of people responding like, I can't believe you got back to me. I'm like, what, what is this? This is like a walkie talkie, man. Like, of course you talk through the walkie talkie. I'm just talking back. Yeah. <laughs> so no, you're, you're not alone out there. Yeah. Connect with as many people as you can. And here's the thing. If I or Lori cannot answer or I will absolutely admit, I have no idea what you're talking about, but here's somebody who might, and I will connect you with that person. And then hopefully it makes me, you know, connect with somebody that I might not have before. Cause I'm not a parent. I'm not, I'm a parent of like thousands in my clients, but I, I know a lot of moms. I know a lot of dads. I know a lot of teachers. I know a lot of scientists, a lot of doctors who, who say it from their point of view, but I can have definitely help you out regardless there. So definitely not alone. Reach out to me if you ever need anything. Awesome. Thank you. So I think we gave a lot of great stuff again, as usual, you never disappoint. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with me again. I love it. And I look forward to the next one. Um, everyone, I hope you got a lot out of this. And you know what? Leave us some comments. Tell us what you thought about. We, we covered kind of some heavy, deep stuff today. Yeah. So we would love to hear your feedback. Um, let us know. And uh, let us know if there's something that really helped you that, uh, that we talked about. That would be great. Um, be sure to subscribe. And, um, you know, that way you can check in next week. You'll never miss an episode. If you would like to leave a rating that would also be so awesome thank you and uh, until next week stay feisty my friends stay healthy and go make some epic epic shift happen in your lives and that goes for you too Gary B.